because we believe not one person, not one child should ever wake up or go to bed hungry. Because more opportunities earlier create stronger foundations later. Today on Because Radio, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg is building bridges between newcomer and indigenous communities in Winnipeg. Doors Open Winnipeg celebrates Winnipeg's architecture and history. This week's Winnipeg Impact Maker teaches woman-empowered self-defense for Bravestone Centre. And the preview of the latest episode of Because and Effect, featuring Cynthia Drabot, Executive Director of the North End Women's Centre. All this and more on Because Radio. Hello and welcome to Because Radio, episode number four. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sonny Promolo. Sonny, how are you doing today? Doing great. Looking forward to uh, the long weekend. Absolutely. It'll be nice to uh, to get a little bit of a break. The weather's been pretty good lately. Can't complain too much. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to going for some nice outdoor walks and, you know, just enjoying that weather. Definitely. I think we deserve it after the long winter we've had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you're about to uh, to enjoy a nice long weekend. And uh, to lead you into that long weekend, we've got some great stories to get to today. For our first story, we'll be continuing our coverage of projects that address truth and reconciliation in our city through the Winnipeg Foundation's Reconciliation Grants Program. I'll be speaking with Hani Atan Alubedi. He's the Community Engagement Coordinator with Immigration Partnership Winnipeg, and we'll be learning more about their project for an Indigenous Orientation Toolkit for New Canadians and Refugees. And the goal is to provide a greater understanding and build a positive relationship between Indigenous people and newcomers. That'll be our first story today. We'll learn more about that coming up here on Because Radio. This week's foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on children, youth, and families. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined via telephone by Hani Atan Alubedi. He is the Community Engagement Coordinator with Immigration Partnership Winnipeg. Hani, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you. Immigration Partnership Winnipeg is partnering with organizations to develop resources that will help build positive relationships between Indigenous and newcomer communities. Tell us about the Indigenous Orientation Toolkit and what it will comprise. So the Indigenous Orientation Toolkit came to our attention as a, as a project that needs to be done through the concern that we have observed in the settlement and the settlement sector that there is a gap of understanding, a gap of misconception that exists between Indigenous communities and the newcomers. And so the people who come to this country as the newcomers would know very little, I would say some of them with zero knowledge about the indigenous people of this land. 
the only thing that they would learn about indigenous people is through their contact with their relatives, friends, and, you know, the larger society. And so whatever bias, misconceptions, stereotypes, myths that exist in the society, some of them, the newcomers, would observe those. They would take it on and basically internalize it as something that is acceptable. So this has created problems division in our community and also a barrier to some services. We have conducted the research to explore this concern further and we found out that the real concerns exist and some real work needs to happen. And for that reason we created partnerships with key indigenous partners in Winnipeg to develop an orientation toolkit to educate newcomers upon their arrival and to put an end to this cycle of misconception and stereotypes. And so the toolkit is a project of really a real partnership between us, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg, uh, Treaty Relations Commissions in Manitoba, Kairos Canada, University of Manitoba, through their uh, Community Service Learning program, uh, MANSO, which is Manitoba Association of Newcomer Serving Organizations. And so these are the partners that came together and we start tackling this need. And we're hoping that once it is done, then it becomes an available tool for all settlement sector service organizations to use, to educate, to orient their staff and also the newcomers that they serve. How far along is the project right now, and when do you anticipate its completion? We have timelines and an action plan to, uh, of course, the time is very fluid in this case because there are things can change, but we're anticipating 2021. We're hoping that we can complete the whole project and we have it available to everyone that needs it. Um, but for now, we have a few things that we can actually test out and also pilot and see how it works. The very same partners that I mentioned earlier, we have created a working group focusing on creating or developing a full-day training workshop for the settlement sector staff members. This workshop will be a full-day training day and it's given uh, provided to them with a focus on land and treaties. And these are the two themes, the first two themes that were recognized as important themes to start with. And based on our consultation and dialogue with our Indigenous partners, we were told to focus on land and treaties as first themes to be explored in this Indigenous Orientation Toolkit. So for now, we took those two themes and this working group that I mentioned is working on developing a full-day workshop to train some of the settlement staff members. And we anticipate in this workshop to be developed and finished and ready to be delivered in next month. Hopefully, we can meet that deadline, but this is basically the deadline that we have agreed to have um, for this workshop. And so this workshop would offer an opportunity not only for the settlement staff to learn about what we're trying to do here through this Indigenous Orientation Toolkit, but also for us to see how it would work in the future. So it is kind of a pilot program. It is a kind of, we test in the water and see how it goes. And for that purpose, we have two Indigenous curriculum developers joining this working group to make sure that this workshop is developed and led by Indigenous members and also will be facilitated and delivered by Indigenous members. Why is it important that community guides the action toward reconciliation? If the objective is to serve the community and also if 
the objective is to educate newcomers about indigenous people. We, as non-indigenous staff, we would not be able to lead the process because it is indigenous content project and also, I would say, indigenous-led kind of project. Anything about indigenous from our perspective, whether this is an educational project or orientation or anything else within the reconciliation framework, I would believe and I also emphasize the fact that everything about indigenous people should be done and led by indigenous people themselves. We facilitate, we create the space and make sure that the process is being supported from the start to the end, but we will have to make sure that it is an indigenous-led process and we, our role is just to make sure that it is going to be finalized and also supported enough to be successful. Once the Indigenous Orientation Toolkit for newcomers is complete, what will be the lasting impact on the community? If this Indigenous Orientation Toolkit gets done and finalized, let's say, by the deadline that we set for it, which is 2021, we will have an Indigenous Orientation Tool that would contribute and benefit the whole entire community. It's not only the Indigenous communities and not only the newcomer community. When you have a, a well-informed, bias-free society, everyone else would benefit from that. The society that we are eager to have, it's a society where everyone would be included, welcome, and be part of our society in terms of making our city a place to be proud of, a place free of racism, free of discrimination, and based on citizenship rights and being free to live without fear or discrimination. So that's an an objective that we set for ourselves, and we took on this project thinking that this is the benefit that everyone would feel and gain out of this project, so it's not necessarily limited to newcomers or indigenous communities. It's about everyone coming together and building on those dialogues. Absolutely. Reconciliation or uh, our indigenous community here, whether it's in Winnipeg or in Canada, we see it as a very well-connected entity or body. If one limb or one organ hurts, the whole entire body would echo that pain. So we cannot just think in silos and, and, and feel that, okay, if one part is hurting, the rest would be okay and just move on and business as usual. That would not work. It hasn't worked. And I think it is time for us to come together to create a caring, welcoming, inclusive society where everyone feel, as I said, everyone would feel included and part of the place that they live in. And our indigenous people, I think this time, they have our support to make sure that they would provide us with the contents, with the information and the things that they want to introduce their cultures and traditions to the new Canadians, to the newcomers. So they will be well-informed citizens in the futures, and they share the space and the land and the resources and the community they live in, in in a very peaceful manner where everyone enjoys it. Is there anything you'd like to add about the project before we sign off? Just want to emphasize the fact that this is, yes, we kind of lead in the process in terms of a project, logistical part, and administrative part. However, without the partnerships that we have created with with our Indigenous and non-Indigenous partners, 
uh, we would not be able to do it alone. And uh, it is a collective, collaborative kind of approach and uh, hoping that the rest of the society would take note and also uh, join our efforts in combating racism, discrimination. It's not only against indigenous people, but against any form of racism or discrimination against any segment of our society. As I said, one organ hurts, the rest would echo that pain. So hoping that this toolkit is not only educating newcomers, but also will set the right example for the rest of the society to follow through. And if any of our listeners are interested in learning more about the work of Immigration Partnership Winnipeg or about the development of the Indigenous Orientation Toolkit, how can they learn more? Well, for now, they can call us and they specifically they can contact me and then I share whatever I know. And if there are things, technical things or, or, or logistical parts that is not within my ability to answer, then we have the network to, to refer them to. And so to learn more, you can call 204-943-2561, extension 236, or visit ipwinnipeg.org. Haniatan Alubedi is the Community Engagement Coordinator with Immigration Partnership Winnipeg. Hani, thank you so much again for speaking with me today. My pleasure. Thank you very much and have a good day. Thanks, Robert. Up next, producer Jeremy Morant spoke with Cindy Tugwell of Heritage Winnipeg to learn more about Doors Open Winnipeg, which is happening next weekend, May 25th and 26th. You're listening to Because Radio. I'm Jeremy Morantz. I'm here with Cindy Tugwell from Heritage Winnipeg. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Heritage Winnipeg and what Heritage Winnipeg is, and then we'll we'll talk about Doors Open, which is a really exciting event coming up. Well, happy, always happy to talk about Heritage Winnipeg. I'm executive director. I've been there 26 years. We're a nonprofit charitable organization. For the uh, mandated for the conservation of Winnipeg's built heritage. So we're sort of an anomaly in the city. We do a lot of advocacy work, protect old buildings, look at um, advocating to municipal and provincial government about tax credits and heritage grants and, and rules and regulations around the bylaws. We really get involved in city planning because, of course, heritage in the exchange and downtown is extremely valuable for tourism and the film industry and also for the artists and the cultural um, sectors of Winnipeg. So we sort of pride ourselves on being sort of heritage, arts and cultural. So we do, we're very diverse. Um, We do a lot of things. Of course, Doors Open Winnipeg is our signature event, um, but everything that that we do kind of folds into each other to take one step forward for Winnipeg to have a lot of civic pride toward their amazing architecture and built heritage in this city. Doors open. It's coming up towards the end of this month. Tell us about uh, tell us about what it is and what we can expect. Happy to again. Um, Doors open. Winnipeg um, is our signature event. Doors open Canada. There's events all over uh, Canada. Um, everybody picks their weekend. We're pleased to say this is our 16th annual. And of course, the big thing that I think is really important for all socioeconomic backgrounds is it's free. Anybody can go and learn about our city and not only our architecture but our social history and the amazing stories behind why we became one of the fastest growing cities in all of North America um, before the First World War. So I think that people get a real sense of um, entertainment and education when it comes to why is our built heritage so important and why do we want to promote it. 
and Doors Open goes beyond, of course, the downtown. It's citywide, um, and it's just um, a fabulous way. It continues to grow, which shows us that Winnipeggers have an ever-increasing appetite to want more. It's a fun thing to get out and do on a, a nice May weekend, but I think it goes deeper than that. Uh, to me, what's interesting about it is uh, a Winnipegger can drive by a certain building every day of their life on their commute and not think twice about it. Talk a little bit ab about why this event highlights the significance and importance of, of those buildings. Well, I can use myself as an example. Not a big fan of history while I was going to school. And when I started with Heritage Winnipeg, I thought, well, I'm just here to protect the old buildings. And then I realized the huge connection between understanding um, social connectivity is so important for all of us to have in our own city. And I realized when I started learning about the history of the buildings and the people who built them and the businesses they built up and the kinds of things that Winnipeg was well known for, um, for grain exchange, um, for all of the different transportation hub. It started making me feel like, wow, I come, I'm a Winnipegger. And I started having that kind of understanding of what our city was really about and why the development happened the way it did. So I guess to sum it all up is, is saving the buildings that are architecturally stunning, um, some of the best in the country in North America. So we should be certainly proud of that. But they exemplify the kinds of people that live and work in Winnipeg and also supports, as I mentioned, the arts and cultural sector, the film industry, the tourism industry. So you can see the breadth of how built heritage and the work that we do can affect almost everybody in their life and their um, sort of quality and uh, of, of life in their own city. You hit on something that I think is really important, and that's pride in being a Winnipegger. I think that's something we could all benefit from and something that I think Doors Open Winnipeg, it's a, it's a great event for doing that. Now, for those who have uh, attended the event in past years, what's something new, or even if they, if someone hasn't attended in the past, what's something new that uh, we can expect from this year? Well, I'm really proud to say we have a total of 112 um, events and of which 19 are all new. So if you're diligent and will have gone for all 15 years for the 16th annual thinking you won't see anything new, we've got 19 new events and a lot of walking tours have been added, a lot of events to commemorate the 1919 Winnipeg General Strike, the 100th anniversary is very important to commemorate. So again, our social history intertwined into the built heritage. So we would be looking at some amazing things like we've got Winnipeg Transit partnering with us to do a strike bus tour. We've got Exchange District Biz doing a strike walking tours. Um, we've got the Battle of Seven Oaks. They're doing a Ghost of Seven Oaks tour. Um, Nairn Avenue is doing a walking tour. Um, Hermetic Code, Frank Elbow is going to be at the legislature. So we have something for everyone to excite them. So if it's not just learning and going to an actual building and learning about the, the architecture and the history of the building. The walking tours allow you to really go down the streets and around the city to learn the breadth of the development of the city and specifically the kinds of things that past Winnipeggers would have been involved in and endured, which kind of excites um, younger the younger generations to kind of know, oh, wow, I didn't know that. For instance, the strike anniversary, um, we want to promote uh, Danny Shore, who's a local artist um, who's going to be having a premier Hollywood strike movie later this year. It's all intertwined. Um, and that's amazing to be able to watch a movie, a Hollywood movie, and see it made in our city and made by a local Winnipegger. I think that's, I completely, I think that uh, the fact that that movie is going to exist is so cool. 
I was on I was on your website doors open winnipeg.ca and I noticed you guys uh, have a social media contest. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's really important to engage people and make the event a little bit more interactive. So it's primarily obviously the younger generations that but they they have to um, you know go to the sites and take some selfies and tell them why is this city important to you and why is our city's heritage important to you. And it's amazing how you get um, the younger generation, which we are focusing on to say this is your city, um, you know, in future generation, um, we want them to be engaged. And the social media is kind of cool, too, because if they win, they win all a downtown pack of different things that they can do in downtown Winnipeg. So again, we have a method of saying, well, we'll just give out this, but they, you know, we want them to come back downtown and be part of um, the city's history and heritage the rest of the year, because what we do doesn't stop with doors open. Um, so I think it's really important, some of the buildings that we highlight that are new this year, the Fortune Block, which is the owner spent millions to redevelop and it was almost demolished. Merchant's Corner, which is the old Merchant's Hotel on Selkirk, which again, they spent millions um, redeveloping. So you can see how even entries into doors open become projects that were involved in the rest of the year and in several years, Upper Fort Garry, Down the Vert Museum, all these projects were ones, projects that Heritage Winnipeg was involved in, and we want the public to support the work that we do and celebrate it during Doors Open Winnipeg Weekend. Also on your website, I noticed the, the Tin for a Bin program. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? This is a pilot project. We're really happy to start changing a little bit of direction with Doors Open to be more social conscious, um, conscientious, and um, be able to say how can we help other nonprofit charitable organizations. So we have six sites um, listed on the website of where the bins are. And if you're going to attend one of those venues, you bring a tin for the bin. And I think what we can do is say, look, this is a free event. You can enjoy it all weekend long bring something to help another charity. And I think Winnipeg Harvest is a great charity. So for those out there who uh, are interested, they're dying to go learn about uh, the cool buildings in our city, uh, tell them where they, how they can uh, find out more information. Where well, it's go. really important that they go to the website at doorsopenwinnipeg.ca because everything has its own times, its dates, and its own understanding of pre-registering, touring, the times, all of that. There's performing arts at various venues, so you want to make sure that you go when those um, events are going to happen. So we encourage going on the website. We also have the Winnipeg Free Press insert, 16-page insert, coming out on Thursday, May 23rd in the, in the paper, and we'll also have extra inserts printed inserts at travel manitoba at the forks and the millennium library downtown so that people can actually have a program to carry around for the event but everything on the website is categorized indoor outdoor events and sections of the city great i actually think that this is really exciting to me i'm super excited to check it out cindy tugwell thank you so much for being here i'm jeremy Morantz, and thank you for listening to because radio Thanks, Jeremy. Each week on Because Radio, we feature impact makers in our community. This week's Winnipeg impact maker is Gracie Humeda Winnipeg, which is teaching women empowered self-defense in support of Bravestone Center. Welcome back to Because Radio. I'm Sonny Pomola. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg. This week, I'm with Daniel Cobb, head instructor and co-owner of Gracie Humaita Winnipeg, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Winnipeg. 
Thanks for coming on Because Radio. Thank you for having me, Sonny. To get started, can you tell us about your school and what services you offer? So we're Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy. We offer, you know, self-defense classes for children, for women, for adults, people of all ages. That's what we do. On May 25th, you'll be holding a woman-empowered self-defense event. Can you tell us about that? So so the event's May 25th. The doors open at 3 o'clock. The event starts at 3.30. It's an hour long. And... Uh, it's an event spreading awareness of uh, self-defense training, the average woman being smaller than the average man, right? And often the attacks coming from men, that it's important for them to have a good understanding and respect for that physical difference and understanding that they really should be learning a little something at the very least to not put themselves in a position which is uh, unfortunate an attack might happen. Just situational awareness, things that hopefully we don't ever even engage in an issue, but if we do engage, we have a better chance of being able to come out of that successfully. Absolutely. So the event is in support of Bravestone Center, a nonprofit organization that provides women and their children affected by domestic violence with full-time counseling and support programs. What made you want to team up with Bravestone Center? I didn't know too much about Bravestone, and actually one of the students here, uh, one of the ladies, suggested it as a good location for us to do some community work with. We're basically looking here at the gym of doing a community event every month, supporting some local charity or some local uh, organization doing good in the community. Um, and so, yeah, Bravestone just landed on the list and, uh, you know, helping, obviously, uh, women and being that they're more vulnerable to attacks is something that we wanted to uh, give some value back to them. Your support for the Bravestone Center is just one of the many ways you support the community, as you mentioned. Uh, what are some of the other initiatives that you've supported in the past? And could you potentially provide us with a sneak peek of what to expect in the future? Oh, man. So uh, in the past, we've gotten involved with Kids Help Phone. That was another organization we got involved with as a community. That was actually our first event and the, the last event that we, that we did, um, sort of going on this every month lineup of different charities and organizations we're getting involved with. But in the past, we'd been involved with different members' initiatives. Uh, we had um, students who, you know, had uh, uh, family members who'd had cancer that we'd gotten involved with raising funds to help the families, etc. But it's just something, you know, if you do good in the community, right, typically the community takes care of you back down the road, right? So it's sort of that karma. So what is your because? What made you want to give back to the community? I've been extremely fortunate. I moved here from Brazil when I was 12 years old. And, uh, you know, people, I think they really take it for granted just how good we have it living in a country like Canada, living in North America where it's considerably safer and all these things. And uh, I think... Maybe in part there's a little bit of inspiration there, but you know, even even Sonny, honest, very honestly, you know, just as a good business practice, doing things in the community, you know what I mean, is good, right? Look, I'm talking to you right now, right? It's uh, so it, it's it's good for business as well, you know what I mean, to get involved in the community and to be helping out. So for those looking to attend the event, uh, where can they get tickets? So the best way would be through our, a Facebook page. Uh, where the Women Empowered event, I believe that is what it's simply named at, Women Empowered. You should be able to find it on Facebook, and there'll be a link where you can buy the ticket through there. I, I give you the My Studio link, but unfortunately it's some 30 characters long. <laughs> so, yeah. So for those looking to learn more about this uh, Bravestone event or more about Gracie Humaita, uh, where can they find you, and is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, to find us, Gracie Winnipeg, Gracie Maita Winnipeg, you'd want to go to graciewinnipeg.com to find us, um, as well as on Facebook. 
looking up Gracie Humaita Winnipeg is a really good way to go about it. There'll be lots of events, community events coming up that way uh, that you'll be able to find through that Facebook page. Um, yeah, and otherwise, you know, something I'd like to add is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is for everybody. You know, all shapes and sizes. Uh, one of the things I was actually talking to someone just before I came here and joked about it. We're very lucky as instructors in what we do. And we typically say yeah, we're luckier than doctors because a doctor gets a patient when it's too late. You know, and we get them sometimes, right? It's a mental health thing. Sometimes it's somebody who, it's physical health, whatever it is. So everybody can use jujitsu, And uh, we love to have people come out and try a free class with us. Speaking of coming out, where are you located? We're at 181 Stradbrook, uh, which is just across the street from the Winter Club. So very central. Thanks to Daniel and Gracie Humaita for sharing their story of impact. If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city, message us on social media by searching the Winnipeg Foundation at WPGFDN or reach out and call us at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. This is Sonny Promolo, and you're listening to Because Radio. Thanks, Sonny. Coming up next, Nolan Bicknell will be joining me to share a preview of the latest episode of Because and Effect with Cynthia Drabot, Executive Director of North End Women's Centre. Welcome back to Because Radio. My name is Robert Zirk, and I am now joined in studio by Nolan Bicknell. He is the host of the Because and Effect podcast with new episodes that come out every Tuesday. Nolan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having me, Rob. So for those of our listeners who haven't heard the last few weeks of the podcast or haven't heard of Because and Effect, what exactly is it? Sure. Uh, the podcast is kind of a spinoff from this show, actually, Because Radio. Not in, I mean, obviously, you know that I used to co-host the older iteration of the show, but uh, we kind of wanted to do some more, more in-depth, more long-form interviews with some of our guests. So, because an effect is the opportunity to do that. So, for the last four weeks now, we've released a new episode every Tuesday, which have usually been about 35 or 45 minute conversations with different people. Uh, guests have included Scott Oak, Kyle Barteski, Ace Burpee, and now this week, we have Cynthia Drabot from the North End Women's Center. Tell me about your conversation with Cynthia. Sure, it was awesome. Cynthia is amazing. Very, very incredible woman. Um, She's been working in the uh, nonprofit sector for, I think, 24 years, she said, so nearly a quarter of a, of a century, which is crazy. Uh, she has a really cool and really interesting perspective when it comes to sort of how to empathize for those in need and really how she tries to understand what people are going through so they so so they can easily or so she can easily serve them better um so she works for the north end women's center as i said she's the executive director there and it primarily helps women but and that's been the main cause that cynthia has been dedicating her life to we all have sisters we all have mothers we have we have women in our life who are important to us i always try to look at what group am i not part of that i don't understand because i'm not part of so i think that we have but we have to listen when people speak about their own experience yeah. all i would say is just be open to listening you mentioned that cynthia has been working in the social services sector for almost 25 years did you talk about how that's affected her view uh, of people or the sector in general yeah kind of i'm um, one of the most impressive things about our conversation, I thought, was how she, her experience has led her to 
basically see some of the most tragic and traumatic parts of humanity, essentially. But she still re remains optimistic and positive when it comes to helping people. Through the work that I've done for 24 years, um, I've never met a person who wasn't a great person. You know, they had a circumstance and things that um, either happened to them or, or situations they were put in mm -hmm. without choice or... Um, that kind of led them to where they were at when they were experiencing challenges and I, and I worked with them. That's amazing and it's such a great perspective that people are inherently good and it's just their situations that create that negativity and those traumatic experiences. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Cynthia really kind of uh, impressed upon me during our conversation. And Cynthia also won one of the Fast Pitch 2018 awards for her pitch where she told her personal story. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's true. It, it was a very personal and very also traumatic story. So during the 2018 Fast Pitch competition, she talked about uh, losing her husband to cancer in just five short months from the diagnosis. So she talked about how painful that was and how the North End Women's Center was able to support her and just her support system surrounding her through such an incredible, incredibly difficult time. I was surrounded with people, family, friends, and a community that supported me and understood and wasn't afraid to mm. talk about, the, about loss and about grief. So there, so those are things that we support a lot at North End Women's mm. Center. We have women who come to the center who... You know, we've had situations where someone will walk in and say, in the last month, I've lost five people because of the circumstance in their life at that time. Mm -hmm. So they may have lost someone to cancer. They may have lost someone to homicide. They may have lost someone to suicide. And this has all happened in four weeks. Right. And so then you think about, um, you know, having to have places in the community to mm -hmm. support people during those kind of times of, of, of loss. So North End Women's Center is one of those places that helps women in their time of need. Exactly. And Cynthia said, too, that everyone's healing journey is different. So the center helps at no matter what part of the journey that you're on, whether it's the very beginning or if you just need some helping hands in the later stages of that journey. Were there any other stories or moments uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners that stand out from your conversation with Cynthia? Sure. Um, there was one in particular that I, I keep coming back to. She told a really crazy story about a math teacher in high school um, that if you didn't get a good grade on one of his or her, I'm not sure if it was a man or a woman, on one of his or her tests, uh, they would staple a job application to a hairdresser's, a hairdresser's onto the test if he handed it back to a girl or staple a um, gas station employee application if you were a guy if you didn't get a good grade on his math test. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Cynthia told about her amazing response to that teacher and when it actually happened to her. My friends will tell the story to this day of how I walked up and approached him and said, how dare you do this to me? Mm -hmm. Who do you think you are? And what's so bad about being a hairdresser? Yeah. And I, I kind of did that. so crazy. And so... In, you know, I think that for me, if I think back, that was a, a pivotal moment for me when I realized that people were going to try to stop me. And he, and at that point, he was trying to convince me to take a lower math course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And I didn't. I kept going. What a story. And, and good for her for standing up for herself and for her classmates. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Cynthia is, Cynthia is an amazing person. I'm really glad that she was able to be uh, one of the guests on Because and Effect. 
Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to share about the latest episode of Because and Effect with Cynthia Drabot? Uh, well, for our listeners, if they want to hear the full conversation, you can go to becauseandeffect.org, all one word, because, A-N-D-E-F-F-E-C-T.org. Um, go and listen there if you have the time. But I really loved um, what Cynthia said when I asked her, what was the first thing she'd do in support of her cause if money or logistics were no issue? I wish that we could remove people's biases mm. about um, other people. And I wish that we could want, I wish that we could want to live more equally and respectfully and kindly with each other. And those might sound like simple words, but they're not. not I mean that with depth. I mean um, truly respecting each other and not making excuses. Thanks, Nolan. It's always great to hear your conversations and uh, the insights that you bring to the show each and every week. Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. We'll see you next week. Nolan Bicknell is the host of Because and Effect with new episodes every Tuesday, no matter where you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any other podcast player, you can search for Because and Effect. The and is an ampersand symbol becauseandeffect.org is the website to get more information that's becauseandeffect.org to find out more information or to listen uh, to the podcast online thanks again nolan for joining me today that's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at micaehrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. And if you have any feedback about today's show, ideas for stories, or Winnipeg Impact Makers, we would love to hear from you. Please give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And you can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sonny Promolo. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great weekend.